All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. A lot of news today, and uh, we're going to make some more because our first guest today is Congressman Jim Jordan. So excited to have him. He always breaks news. He always has insights on something that we in America may not know about that is about to emerge, about to become important. Uh, He's got some important things to talk about January 6th, about Hunter Biden, about the election integrity debate we're having in America. And funny thing, we're going to get to both of those subjects in a second. Uh, I want to talk to you about two stories that broke on Justin News. But before we do that, our second guest today, just to level set the day, it'd be a good day, my great colleague, Greg Piper. He does some of the best cancel culture work in America as a reporter. He's an honest broker. Many of the big stories that have broken in the last 12 months about efforts to silence free speech, to cancel people because of their political or personal views, He's been at the forefront of them. His byline has graced many of the great stories. He's going to come on today. He has an unbelievable story about censorship at a university, prominent university, law journal, and the backlash that occurred when they just said, there's just some topics you're not allowed to talk to talk about. Well, guess what? Some of the writers didn't think that was a good idea. Greg's going to bring us up to speed on that. A great story about the state of free speech in America, the cancel culture in America, and a little bit of courage. It seems as though a year into this cancel culture phenomenon, where widespread cancel culture phenomenon, uh, people are beginning to speak up, stand up, say no more, line in the sand. I'm serious. We're done with this. All right. So those are two great guests today. Jim Jordan, of course, and... Uh, my good uh, colleague, Greg Piper. Now, to the headlines, two very important stories that have broken on Just the News in the last couple of hours. I'm very excited about this um, because both of them point back to original reporting that we here at Just the News has done. So first up, we remember last week we had Brad Rassenberger, the Secretary of State of Georgia, on here. He announced on this show and in a story I wrote that he's opened an investigation into illegal ballot harvesting during the 2020 election in Georgia. Big, momentous moment. Sean Hannity covered it. Uh, People all around the country uh, covered it. Well, on Sunday, yesterday, 
Raffsenberger was on CBS Face the Nation, and he declared that this ballot harvesting is a big enough threat that there ought to be a nationwide law banning ballot harvesting. He's taking it further. I want to just read his quote. I don't think that ballot harvesting is good. The only person that should touch your ballot is you and the election official. So I think that's one solid election reform measure. One thing I do think we need is to make sure that nationwide there should be a law that bans ballot harvesting. Pretty clear pronunciation, pretty clear follow-up from the story we did last week. We're going to keep on this uh, very important story about ballot harvesting. Uh, There are new facts to be had in Georgia. We had some on Friday. Uh, Also, we're going to take a look back at some documents and some behavior in the spring and summer of 2020 to show that Democrats were actually thinking of trying to force harvesting to be legal. They challenged it in Arizona and Georgia. They actually wrote a memo saying it was one of the four pillars of winning uh, elections. We're going to have that story for you tomorrow. Very exciting, in-depth story. Um, Something I've been working on for several days. I think you'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy it. Uh, So we'll have that. But Brad Raffsenberger on the mainstream media on CBS this morning, or CBS Sunday morning, declared that ballot harvesting is bad anywhere it occurs. That's why he's investigating it in Georgia. A very, very, very important declaration. I told you late last year that I thought ballot harvesting would be one of the big issues of this year. And I think it is coming true. It's very, very important to uh, keep an eye on this issue. It's going to be one of the big revelations of 2022, I promise you. And then let's go back to our favorite presidential son, Hunter Biden, the man who made more money off of foreigners on his father's coattails as vice president as anyone I can tell in American history. Uh, a, uh, a big development over the weekend in the Soviet Republic of Kazakhstan, which is undergoing enormous strife. Uh, Russia is there. Uh, there are big protests. People are being shot dead. There is a very serious, very serious um, tension in, the, in this important Soviet Republic. Uh, and, um, well, one of their officials was taken into custody this weekend. His name is Karim Masimov. He's the former prime minister, former intelligence chief. And he was a business associate of, you got it, Hunter Biden. That's right. In fact, he uh, met with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And there's a photo that showed up on the famous laptop that has been out there for quite some time at Cafe Milano in D.C. Um, It is... First, it appeared on the Kazakhstani Initiative on Asset Recovery in 2019. It does seem to show that this was going on. Such an important uh, development. It is so important to recognize just how um, detailed a relationship Hunter had. These were the type of people that Hunter Biden was rubbing elbows with and trying to make money with. A very important story. Check it out. It's the number one story on our site right now in terms of traffic. Very important story. Check it out. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. All right. Finally, before we go to commercial break, and before we get to Jim Jordan, just a quick um, note on the passing of one of America's great comedians, one of their television icons. Yes, we lost Betty White just before New Year's. And we lost last night comedian Bob Saget, the man who played the lovable dad, Danny Tanner, on Full House and on the sequel, Fuller House. He also, for many years, anchored the show that a lot of people like to watch America's Funniest Home Videos. 
a big loss in the entertainment world, a guy respected across all aisles of entertainment and politics, a man who sort of transcended and personified one of the dads that are America's dads because of the incredible TV um, performance they gave. Bob Saget, dead at the age of 65 at a hotel in Orlando. Sounds like it was natural causes, but a big, big loss one night after he had just done a comedy show down in Florida. Big, big loss. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, you got it. Jim Jordan joining us right after this commercial break. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. As promised, a very special guest. He lights up the show every time he comes on. Joining me right now from the great state of Ohio is Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, welcome to the show. You bet, John. Good to be with you today. You made a little news overnight. You sent a letter to Betty Thompson saying, you know what, guys, this isn't a legitimate January 6th investigation. I'm probably not going to cooperate. What was the message well, you hope they took? Well, we, we lay out just some, some, I think, fundamental concerns that I think anyone would have, uh, you know, starting with the simple fact that they've already proven that they're going to alter evidence and lie about it to the American people because they took a text message that I had forwarded to the, to the White House chief of staff, and they, they completely changed it. So we, we point that out. We talk about the deliberative process. You know, look, there is no 
way you are permitted constitutionally to 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 try to figure out why a congressman or congresswoman in the deliberative process went about their business and made a decision and voted the way they they did on the House floor. And I always point out too, John, I think it's really important. Remember, Democrats objected to counting the electors every single time a Republican was elected president this century. They objected on January 6, 2001, January 6, 2005, January 6, 2017. In fact, on January 6, 2017, they objected to more states than we Republicans did on, on January 6, 2021. So, um, but they never seem to want to want to uh, uh, acknowledge that fact. So we, we lay all that out in, in in the letter and express our concerns with uh, just the political nature of this uh, of this committee. You know, uh, the lawyer for uh, Bernie Carrick, a former NYPD commissioner, says he has a concern that the commission uh, or the uh, committee ha- doesn't have the legal authority to compel depositions because of the fact that it doesn't have a ranking me- member. If you go to the site, it doesn't list a ranking member. That's in the current yep. rules. Do you think this is even uh, from a, just a, a technical standpoint? Is this a legitimate committee from the technical rules that the Democrats set for themselves? I think that's an open question. What I do know is that they're, they're not following the resolution because they are supposed to have a ranking member. Uh, what I also know is this is the first time in American history where the minority leader, first time in the history of the United States Congress where the minority leader was not allowed to put on a select committee the individuals he or she had selected. Never happened before. But it's kind of it's kind of part of this pattern with the Democrats. They ha- They are in the process of violating and breaking every norm, precedent, or principle that we have. They've kicked Republicans off committee. They won't let Republicans sit on a, uh, sit on a select committee. They uh, closed the actual Capitol this year. They, they've enacted proxy voting. They're attempting to end the filibuster, end the Electoral College, pack the court, nationalize elections. And as I pointed out, the January 6th committee has already demonstrated that they will alter evidence and lie to the American people about it. And yet they're, somehow, they, somehow they make the argument that, oh, it's Republicans and President Trump who are trying to undermine democracy. <laughs> Give me a break. It, it is absolutely stunning. And, and uh, this committee has had so many stub toes already. You mentioned that the altering of the evidence. You also had, and they made an accusation letter that Bernie Carrick was in D.C. He was in yeah. New York with his with a sick York. relative. Yeah. yeah, so they can't even yeah. get basic facts right, which um, is, is really concerning. Uh, there are some important issues about January 6th, particularly the security posture. Yep the lack of it. Yep. Are, uh, you've been one of the most vocal critics about Nancy Pelosi being unwilling to give the, the Congress the records that show what she and her team knew. Do you think the pressure will build enough where she has to? I hope so, because I mean, the, the, the country's entitled to it. And they're entitled to, to understand why the, the Speaker of the House, the highest ranking official who oversees Capitol Hill, why, in fact, when the National Guard was offered, why, in fact, when, when the, when the uh, chief of police for the Capitol Hill police asked for National Guard, yeah. why did the sergeant of arms say no? It, that's what it appears to be. And it looks like, based on testimony uh, that from, from, the, from the Capitol Hill police chief, that the, the sergeant at arms said he was concerned about the optics at, that the speaker's office had expressed that concern to him. So we got conflicting testimony. What we do know is the Capitol Hill police have turned over documents and communications. Mm-hmm. But the sergeant at arms who reports directly to the speaker's office has not. Why won't they turn it over? Why won't they turn it over? So, um, yeah, I think the, the, the country's entitled to that information. Whether it happens or not, I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical because, as, as we said earlier, this committee is, 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 is partisan. It is completely trying to, to go after President Trump. So I don't think they're going to do the work that they're supposed to do and should be doing, which is looking at why there was a failure to have a proper security presence that day. 
you know, the president's been gone, President Trump's been gone a year from office. It seems like he's still living rent-free in the heads of Democrats. They're so focused on what happened long ago that they're not really focusing on the issues in America today, inflation, crime, uh, record yeah. uh, illegal immigration. Are they a car wreck? My, my old Irish aunt used to say, if you keep looking in your rear view mirror too long, you're gonna crash in the car in front of you. Do they have a danger of looking too far backwards and not seeing the issues that Americans want to address now? Well, I think it's already happened, John. I think I think the way you frame that is exactly right. They're not only there's not only the danger of crashing. Unfortunately, they already have for our country yeah. because, you know, we went from security, uh, uh, we we went from uh, uh, energy independence to to uh, the president of the United States begging OPEC to increase production. We went from safe streets to record levels of crime. We went from uh, stable prices to record inflation. We went from being uh, respected around the world to the to the debacle that was the exit from Afghanistan. I mean, you can just keep going down the list, and and uh, they have not done one thing right. But probably what concerns me most is what they're doing to the First Amendment, what they're doing to the Constitution. Yeah. This, this attack on anyone who speaks out against the woke mob, uh, they'll they'll call you names and then they'll try to cancel you, and it is is a threat to the Constitution. And then you couple that with the weaponization, something you have been reported on as as much as anyone, the weaponization of government. I mean, you got you got the, the the counterterrorism division at the FBI now putting threat tags on parents who simply show up at school board meetings. We know that happened because we had a whistleblower come forward and give us the email that shows it. So um, this is the scary thing, and I think the country has has seen it for what it is. It's why Glenn Youngkin is going to be governor in just a matter of days, be sworn yeah. in as the new governor of Virginia. So um, I think things are moving in a the, the the country sees it, and I think things are moving in a good direction for us in the midterm election. Yeah, definitely seems to be that um, trend line is very, very strong. Uh, last week, we reported that the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffsenberger, has opened an investigation into the potential of widespread ballot harvesting. Yesterday, he was on TV, said he thinks ballot harvesting yep. is a form of cheating that should be banned nationwide. Your thoughts on that? It is banned in most states, almost all states. I think California is the only place where they legalize this right. crazy process. So um, let's hope that we can keep it that way and that, there's, there's no bill that gets through the United States Congress that Manchin and Cinema hold firm on this, uh, keeping the filibuster the way it is, so that they don't try to nationalize elections and allow that kind of process, this harvesting, to take place. Based on your reporting, what we've seen uh, in, in Georgia, that is, that is truly alarming if that, if that happened. And it looks like the evidence you brought forward, it looks like it may in fact have. Yeah. So I, I look forward to uh, getting to the bottom of that and, and stopping this attempt to alter the constitution and nationalize and federalize our election process we want it run by the states as the constitution says in fact that's why we objected on january 6 2021 because states unconstitutionally changed their election law they went around the legislature as the constitution clearly spells out the time place and manner for determining election and elect the electors in a presidential race is done by the state legislature not by state supreme courts not by partisan secretary of state, not by partisan county clerks. It is done by the legislature. And when you violate that, that's a, that's a fundamental violation of the Constitution. So um, let's hope we can get to the bottom of this and keep, keep, our, keep our election law where it's supposed to be under the Constitution at the state level. Yeah, with those state legislatures, no doubt about it. Uh, last question. Uh, yesterday was Law Enforcement Appreciation Day. We went through a period where there was defunding police and massive crime wave occurred predictably. Now people seem to, yeah. even on the Democratic side, go back and say, I think we made a mistake. Is this the year we start to self-correct on this? Because the, the crime the crime waves in these big cities are just jaw-dropping when you see the numbers. Yeah. I, do you think the Democrats have learned a painful lesson? 
I don't know. The, the hard left controls now the Democrat Party, and the hard left is for you know for for these DAs who are not even prosecuting certain right. crimes and for 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 no bail and all the. Cr- I always say, you know, you you shouldn't be surprised. Uh, when, when you when you defund the police, you shouldn't be surprised when you get more crime. When you get rid of bail, you shouldn't be surprised when you get more crime. And when you spend a summer, as the Democrats did in 2020, uh, saying that rioters and looters were actually peaceful protesters, you shouldn't be surprised when you get more crime. But I do think the American people in, in urban areas, I think the American people are so frustrated from the leadership or lack of leadership, I should say, from Democrats. I mean, think about it. In, in, in Chicago, the, basically the Democrats are telling moms and dads, uh, your kids can't go to school, and oh, by the way, we're going to let bad guys roam the street. I don't think families like that too much, yeah, and I, I think either. you're going to see a real pushback. I mean, the, the idea that in, in, in Seattle we now have a, a Republican elected as district attorney in Seattle last fall, that I think change is coming across the board because the, the left's policies are so stupid and so harmful to people and families and communities that um, – I do think you're going to see a correction, but I don't know if it comes from the Democrat Party at the top. I think it just comes from the American people. Yeah, the the power of the people and the ballot box, that threat of the ballot box is always the greatest leverage we've been given. Uh, Last thought, as you go, uh, you you have a chance next year, potentially to be in control, be chairman of this committee. Uh, Will we at some point figure out where all these illegal aliens have been distributed across the country? Will you crack that at some point when you have subpoena power? Yes, we we need to figure out that issue. Uh, we need to figure out the whole idea of the Justice Department uh, targeting parents at school board meetings. Uh, we, we need to actually look into the whole Hunter Biden situation. I mean, the, 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 the collusion, you want to talk about the word, using the word collusion, real collusion was between big media, big tech, and the Democrat Party in the run-up to the 2020 election, hiding that. Uh, but for good reporters like you, we wouldn't have known because the mainstream press and big tech tried to suppress that they story sure so much. So the that's an issue we have to look at. There's a number of things that we need to do our oversight, investigative work on, not only the Judiciary Committee, but committees across the Congress. I mean, John, the Ways and Means Committee, they need to figure out why in the, why in the world were thousands of Americans' tax returns made public? That's yeah. not supposed to happen it's in the United States. Isn't it? So there's a ton of investigations that need to happen. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, they're in good hands if they, if you're in the charge of the committee. So we're lucky to see how that plays out the next year. Congressman, as always, thank you so much for the thank time you. and all the, all the wisdom you shared today. You bet. You bet. Thanks for all your good work. Take care. Thanks, Jim. Okay. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we've got Greg Piper, my colleague here. He has an unbelievable story of censorship in the Law Journal at a university. You won't believe not only the censorship, but the reaction to it by writers who decided we're not going to write here if this is the standard. Great story by my great colleague. He broke, he broke it yesterday, Greg Piper, right after this commercial break. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time 
IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time, go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. As promised, my great colleague, one of the great reporters here at Justin News, joining me right now, Greg Piper. Greg, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. You do such great work on this front of cancel culture and, and free speech infringement. And almost every day we have something. And so you almost take it for granted sometimes. But this morning when I woke up, uh, the story of the Emory Law School's Law Journal just uh, struck me. It has with uh, obviously the entire readership because it's trending in the top stories on the site. But tell us what you found at the Emory University Law School and its Law Journal. What happened here is uh, the Law Journal, which is, uh, which is run by students, it's a student publication, um, was looking to do an issue honoring the work of one of Emory's longstanding law professors, Michael Perry. Uh, it's known as a Feshtriff, if I am pronouncing that correctly. And they invited several scholars to submit essays uh, to uh, either, either praise or to critique uh, Michael Perry's work. Uh, they got uh, one from one of his longtime friends, Larry Alexander, from the University of San Diego, right. who chose who uh, chose a part of Perry's scholarship that's fairly early in his career, but is very resonant now. It's about systemic racism, and he did a a pretty thorough and and some may say a very frank uh, critique of uh, of his theories, uh, especially disparate racial impact, and uh, especially uh, how how we should think of it today in light of how prominent the subject is right now, with lots of the country being told by leaders and institutions, uh, universities and politicians, that they need to see things primarily through the lens of race. And so his, his criticism here is that this, this theory has not worked out well in practice. Uh, it, it's hard to even think what the, what the redress would be if you want to try to uh, look at uh, the country's history through systemic racism. And how do we actually yeah. um, fix, fix the longstanding problems that we have, especially in lower economic performance, lower uh, educational performance, uh, especially among African-Americans? Such an amazing thing. And so the this debate begins. There's sort of a declaration that uh, it's too hurtful to allow people to challenge the notion of systemic racism, so we're not. And then there's sort of a little bit of a blowback, like an unusual resistance that occurs. How does that play out? Right. Uh, so the Law Journal had initially told him, according, according to Larry Alexander, who I talked to, 
that uh, there were no conditions on what he wrote. And so he, he wrote what he wanted to, um, and uh, they gave him some, some optional suggestions uh, that he ignored, and then they made clear those weren't optional. Uh, they said his language was hurtful, unnecessarily divisive, uh, that it wasn't closely connected to the point of the issue, um, that he basically had to get rid of a third of his essay. And this, this uh, outraged him. He shared, his out, he shared his outrage with another person who was contributing to the issue. Right. He then shared their outrage with another person. And they, they all decided uh, uh, separately in their, in their own messages to the journal, uh, we're, we're going to pull out because we consider this an infringement. You can't put these conditions on us when you invite us to, uh, to submit here. This looks very ide- ideological. This is completely out of out of bounds for uh, scholarly work to try to control our message. It looks like a pretext to what you're doing, um, that you're just trying to keep out uh, a viewpoint and a criticism under the guise of trying to protect scholarly standards. Uh, when I asked the uh, Emory Law School for comment, they, they said that's exactly what the student editors are doing. They're upholding sco- uh, scholarly standards for this publication. They're doing their job. And uh, in spite of these three essays being pulled in response, uh, we're going to we're going to go forward with the issue. It's going to have, they say, nearly nearly a dozen uh, renowned scholars from around the world. So uh, we'll see what it looks like. But it won't have these three, which are now going to be running in a competing scholarly journal as kind of a, a second uh, second option of um, honoring this guy's work. Really remarkable, really a, a, an amazing moment. You step back. You've been covering this more longer and better than anyone I know in the profession. And the the boldness of censorship, the boldness of of trying to get everybody to rally around one body of thought uh, is is really clear now. You can see it at every step, whether it's in Hollywood, social media, news media, academic journals, law journals. Um, and then there is a little bit of resistance, but it doesn't seem you know, like what happened here, but not big enough. Do you think that the boil on this issue, that the, the water boiling around this issue is going to get to a point where there'll be a larger pushback and, and uh, maybe the pendulum swings back more towards the free speech uh, era that we used to enjoy in America for so long. There, there is more consternation rising, I would say, especially left of center, people who are generally uh, sympathetic to the, to the aims of a lot of these uh, institutions uh, to, uh, to promote racial justice, to have more uh, equally uh, quality of opportunity, um, to, uh, especially to give opportunities to people who maybe haven't had as many in things like publishing and Hollywood and acting and education. Yeah. Um, but uh, but when, when you see the things that they get in trouble for, uh, for trying to say or trying to publish, uh, the blowback that they face, uh, you, you start to um, see this really becoming an issue that's, that's some infighting on the political left here. One of the best examples I can think of is what's happening in the world of young adult fiction, where some of the, the most woke, uh, the, the most strident, the most intolerant kind of monoculture uh, is, is taking over. And in, in something that you would think is quite apolitical, uh, you know, writing that appeals to young people, um, that uh, these, these themes, especially of race and gender, of uh, seeing everything through uh, the lens of these immutable characteristics, is, is really taking over. And so if, if you want to really see uh, uh, some harsh infighting and some really, some really stringent exchange of words, you should look in the world of young adult fiction. Uh, the publishing houses, uh, the, um, some of the, the, the writers who are very prominent, and then some of the newer writers who are facing blowback, uh, because their their work is simply not woke enough uh, for this apolitical world of young adult fiction. Unreal! It really is amazing. I've had several world leaders from other countries, you know, come uh, and, and talk on the podcast that they don't recognize this America. That some of the things they see right now, 
uh, in America, something that they just would never expect the bastion of democracy and free speech to be uh, undergoing. Uh, is this, uh, for those who look to America for inspiration, for the, the, the benchmark of freedom, uh, have we become a less free country in the last few years? It depends on how you, uh, I suppose, define the word less free. We have more ways of expressing ourselves than ever before. We should all acknowledge that. Yeah. Uh, the, the average person has the potential to, to have much greater influence than at any point in, in world history. But the platforms they're using are also having this, um, this backlash effect, especially when you see uh, mobs that are on social media that amplify what's probably a fairly small number of people um, who have very strident, very extreme views, but look much bigger because they have a megaphone uh, that they are they are using on social media platforms, and these platforms are more responsive to them. Uh, they're more tuned to be more tuned to be looking for um, for things that, that offend a certain perspective because it's the perspective of the people who run these companies, especially their younger employees who are coming in. I have to tell you, I covered the tech industry many years ago. These problems really did not exist in the first Obama administration. The, um, the mindset of the people in these companies, I think, who are leading kind of the censorship now was quite different at the time. Uh, it did not have these, these younger folks who were coming in who have a very different view of the world, which is basically perpetual grievance around racial and gender lines. Um, and uh, and which now are are demanding much more censorship, much more content moderation. That's the euphemism now. Much more content moderation, right. a, a, a basically different viewpoint it. in uh, in in the guise of protecting people from harassment and bullying and of, of uh, marginalizing uh, white supremacy. That's always their their default excuse, um, and of, of promoting equity. Uh, one more euphemism. So uh, it, it's quite different now, even from ten years ago. Yeah, it really is different, and it's more sophisticated, more more organized, I think, too. And it seems to me one of the intermediaries are the fact-checkers that often give the fodder that lead to uh, the determination by a social platform uh, that there is dangerous uh, material or uh, inaccurate or erroneous material. Uh, it seems to me that these fact-watchers, these fact-checkers are going to see more and more scrutiny as some of the things they proclaimed in the past have fallen apart, like the um, the lab theory, which had been banned for a while, that the Wuhan lab might have been a plausible source of the virus. Now the intelligence community says that is plausible. It's one of the two theories that the government believes happened. Um, do you think fact-checking in America gets more scrutiny as this system that you just described keeps getting bigger and more complicated? I would say so, uh, especially the news media and social media platforms are so reliant on these third-party organizations now because basically they, they don't want to devote their own folks to, to looking this up and so they just outsource it. Um, and they're, they're really heavily reliant on organizations that may have uh, poorly trained or biased people, maybe low-level people who yeah. uh, aren't, aren't – uh, uh, don't, don't have any history in journalism. Right. Um, they lack that training. Lack, lack that training. Um, and are, are prone to seize on uh, maybe small factual errors and to spin them into something much larger, or may simply misread data, may misunderstand things that are, are phrased in a way that confuses them. Yeah. Um, and uh, and, and they, they have riled so many people. They have taken down so many different disparate people and organizations and throttled their, uh, their material, censored their material, gotten them suspended. Um, I, I would foresee that there will be more scrutiny applied because they're, they're ripe for scrutiny. These are basically a black box. If you, if you want to look at uh, social media companies specifically, if something happens to you, to your account, you may get virtually no explanation for why you've been suspended uh, for 12 hours, for 24 hours, 
uh, your appeal may have no updated information and your account remains unavailable to you while the appeal is yeah, going. You have no idea what, what, what specific uh, policy you violated or what you said that violated that policy. And fact checkers are, are kind of complementary to this. Uh, they'll, they'll call out things from you and you may not actually know um, what, what specifically they, they find at fault. They may, they may invent something uh, that, uh, that you didn't say. Uh, this happened to a former colleague of mine recently uh, whose, uh, whose own comments were completely uh, not only misinterpreted, but misattributed. He did not say what uh, this fact checker said. <laughs> okay. and, it, and, it, and it took his article down for, uh, for at least several hours. Fortunately, he's better connected. And he, he got an explanation and an apology in less than a day, which is yeah. pretty rare. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a straw man. And I've seen some of these recently where people will say this is what's reported. You read the story, it's like, that's not what was it? that's not what the story says. And but I guess if you create a straw man, then you can knock it down easier. And most people don't have the time to go and check the original story. So it, it can become really difficult to to un, unravel something like that. If if the false facts are out there, what should we be watching? Last question, I want to let you go. I know how busy you are. What should we be watching in 2022 on this you know, censorship, cancel culture, free speech front that has so many people um, uh, paying attention for the first time? I think the most interesting thing is what kind of competition there's going to be in alternate institutions, uh, whether that's social media or, or more open-minded publishers. Uh, we're in uh, probably the second or third year now of the Substack revolution, where a lot of writers are going to this, this one platform sure. or others. To, to publish their own newsletters, to basically create subscriptions, to fund their own work. I know several of them. Uh, it's, it's, not a, it's not a great option for everybody, but that could become a bigger option, maybe a side option for people who uh, want more freedom to um, be able to, to write and report and to not have to deal with these, um, these, these intermedi intermediaries that are interfering with their work that they don't actually know much about the subject, but are just responding to, uh, to pressures from kind of yeah. woke mobs, from social media mobs. Um, I'm especially interested to see how the alternative social media platforms do. Um, Gitter is, is one of the ones that's getting a lot of attention now, of course, uh, yep. with uh, Donald Trump launching his, his platform. If you start to see the numbers getting sucked away from the dominant platforms, from Twitter and Facebook, which Facebook specifically has had uh, 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 problems for a long time with losing, especially younger people who are going to uh, different platforms, but I would wonder in 2022 if this is going to be the year when we actually see meaningful social media competition in, in similar numbers. But that also means there may be fewer people of different viewpoints talking to each other on the same platform. Right. It's, uh, it's a trade-off It's a trade off there. So we do. More, we uh, more a little bit of that yep. cross-pollination. More, op more opportunity for uh, uh, communication, perhaps less opportunity for uh, people to uh, reason together and, uh, and uh, see each other's viewpoints. Yeah, such good, such good insights. That's why we're so lucky to have you here at Just the News. And uh, Greg, thanks for this credible story this morning. It's one of my favorite reads of the morning, and a lot of people are reading it at the very top of our chart. So uh, thanks for the great reporting you did and are doing every day. We really appreciate it. Great. Thanks, John. Appreciate uh, it. As well. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, 
accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. So glad you can join us. Hope you enjoyed the conversations we had with Jim Jordan, the congressman from the great state of Ohio and a man on the front lines as the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. Very sharp words for the uh, Speaker of the House uh, and the January 6th Commission uh, and uh, some big thoughts about where we're headed in the future, including on harvesting and on uh, big oversight issues uh, in 2023 should Republicans get control of Congress. And then, of course, my good friend Greg Piper, my colleague here, on a remarkable update on the state of cancel culture and a little bit more pushback. It seems as though Americans are starting to come back to their senses and not lay down at the altar of cancelization, cancel, cancellation and uh, instead are fighting back against a very important uh, trend of uh, uh, cancer culture. I hope you can join us. We're looking forward to it very much. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. We'll be back tomorrow with more news tomorrow. I think we're going to be headed to Michigan and an update on that incredible equity, 21 days of equity learning in Farmington, Michigan, a critical race theory episode that shocked the conscience and has created some amazing pushback in Michigan. So we'll have that tomorrow. We're looking forward to that. Until then, may God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country, the United States. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit taxnetworkusa.com slash Victor Tax Network USA.com slash Victor. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. 
Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code JUSTNEWS15. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider.